Hello world and welcome to Podcast in A Minor, where I bring you the weird little songs I write and then give you the stories behind them. Weird stories, creepy stories, funny stories, whatever the world gives us in all its glorious mystery. And now for today's opening song. Charms, what do you see? What kind of spinster will I be? The audacity with which you lay out a life. Your current streak of spice and greed. The bachelor's button broke my teeth. So deliciously. Hello, world, and welcome to Podcast in A Minor. I'm Amy Zollers, a poet and an artist, and I'm in one of my moods. Happy, happy Christmas moods. You just heard Pudding Charms on the good old Taylor Gemini mini acoustic guitar, and she's an A major, this tune. The song refers to the little silver charms of days gone by that English folks sunk into the batter of their Christmas puddings before steaming them into a sort of fruitcake type thing which was soaked in brandy and set on fire when served. Dramatic! It was often decorated with a little sprig of holly on top, but don't eat that. It's poisonous to humans. Says www.poison.org, boughs of holly are okay, but berries are not Holly leaves, branches, and berries are beautiful holiday decorations, but the berries are poisonous to people and pets. Swallowing holly berries can cause vomiting, diarrhea, dehydration, and drowsiness. Oh no, we don't want that. It's Christmas. And so, to the lyrics. Oh, pudding charms, what do you see? What kind of spinster will I be? The audacity with which you lay out a life. Your currants, treacle, spice, and grief. Your bachelor's button broke my teeth. So deliciously you dash our merry hopes away. Little oracles of tin drip from my hair, dangle from my ears. I don't give a care. Not a hoot for the fortunes you bestow in your flaming brandy glow. I throw your thimble in the snow. Don't tell me. I don't want to know. Your flaming brandy kills the pain. Your poison holly keeps me sane. Merry Christmas one and all again. Merry Christmas one and all again. Thank you. Pudding charms were meant to tell your fortune for the new year. You dig into your hunk of Christmas pudding and find a little trinket that would tell you your fate. Fun! Well, more fun for some than others. 
Consulting a photo of pudding charms from Nigella Lawson's colorful cookbook, Nigella Christmas, I can tell you that one set of pudding charms in sterling silver attached to a festive card includes a button for a bachelor, a horseshoe for good luck, a donkey labeled simply donkey, so infer what you will, a wishbone for a wish, a man and woman standing with what might be a bishop or such in between them for marriage, a tied up bag for a miser, what appears to be a Swami or male Hindu religious leader for a riddle, an inscrutable New Year's fate, and a bell, labeled bell, with an E at the end, perhaps suggesting that you will be prom queen in the coming year. Oh, and how did I miss it? A thimble in the center for old maid. Nice, very kind and merry, depending on your hopes and dreams, of course. For some women in olden times, a real bummer. For others, maybe a blessing. Nigella, whose cookbooks make just as delightful reading as they do recipe collections, goes prosaic under the heading Ultimate Christmas Pudding on page 137, and I quote, I know that many of you, tradition be damned, are resistant to Christmas pudding, and I do understand why, but you must try this. For until you do, you probably think all that dried fruit is well dry, and the pudding heavy, yet this is far from the case. The fruit is moist and sticky, and the pudding is mystifyingly, meltingly light. Mystifyingly, meltingly Nigella. I am, of course, food-driven. Just see the number of food songs, and especially holiday-related food songs, in my catalog. So including that description was essential. Nigella goes on to discuss pudding charms. Some cooks like to use only 13 ingredients symbolizing Jesus and his apostles, but a little bit of superstition enters as well, since charms were traditionally included in the mix. A thimble to suggest that whoever found it in their portion would stay a spinster, a coin to indicate riches, a ring to signify a wedding on the horizon, and so on. These days you'd be hard put to find such charms, though I own some pretty ancient ones. Clearly, we're just interested in the money now, so now it's coins that most of us bury in the pudding. And some advice here, do clean them first. The best, if alarming way, is to soak them overnight in sugary cola. The health and safety recommendation is to wrap the coins in parchment paper, even if they have been cleaned, but I unapologetically disobey. You must make up your own mind. Thank you and blessings on you, Nigella, for these insights into a long-standing English Christmas tradition. Nigella suggests to the English, probably, that you make a Christmas pudding anyway, even if you're terribly bored with the tradition. And after apologizing for her, quote, aging lecturer-style repetitiveness, she insists that every member of the family be present while the pudding is being made so that everyone can take a turn in stirring, starting with the youngest person and going upwards. She notes that the pudding should be stirred from east to west in honor of the three kings, but also admits that she doesn't have a compass and doesn't much worry about figuring out that part of it. She then says, Stir up Sunday, when we are supposed to make our puddings, falls near the end of November, on the Sunday before Advent, and is, as I've told some of you before, a religious rather than culinary injunction, as in, Stir up, we beseech thee, O Lord, the wills of thy faithful people. But personally, I've never managed to make my puddings quite so efficiently in advance. Well, I have. Fruitcakes, I mean. I've never steamed a Christmas pudding in my time, although many years ago I did find a lidded pudding mold at a kitchen store in St. Louis, and I bought it, thinking I might steam a pudding one day soon. In the end, I only ever used it once in a while for baking gingerbread, cake, 
It was shaped like a narrow, flat top dome with a hole down the middle for more even cooking slash baking. And my Christmas pudding fantasy, like so many things I do now at Christmas time, homemade marshmallows and jelly, were inspired by the book Martha Stewart's Christmas, copyright 1989, which means I was 15 when my mom gave it to me for Christmas after we saw Martha on Oprah for the first time. And from that moment on, my mind was all stirred up to make big boxes of homemade Christmas goodies for people, whoever they might be. And onward now to poetry. In the public domain, Pudding Charms, a children's poem by Charlotte, Charlotte Druitt Cole. Our Christmas pudding was made in November. All they put in it I quite well remember. Currants and raisins and sugar and spice. Orange peel, lemon peel, everything nice. Mixed up together and put in a pan. When you've stirred it, said Mother, as much as you can, we'll cover it over and nothing may spoil it. And then in the copper tomorrow, we'll boil it. That night, when we children were all fast asleep, a real fairy godmother came, Crip-a-Creep. She wore a red cloak and a tall steeple hat, though nobody saw her but Tinker the Cat. And out of her pocket, a thimble she drew, a button of silver, a silver horseshoe. And whispering a charm in the pudding pan, popped them, then flew up the chimney directly she dropped them. And even old Tinker pretended he slept. With Tinker, a secret is sure to be kept. So nobody knew until Christmas came round. And there in the pudding those treasures we found. Also, now from Charmorama, in a 2014 article titled The Christmas Pudding, around the time that it became established as a solely seasonal specialty came Christmas pudding charms. Tiny silver surprises each representing a different fate for the fortunate or unfortunate finder. A few different variations of these charm sets existed, but the following were commonly added to Christmas pudding mixtures. A coin to represent wealth in the coming year, a wishbone for good luck, a silver thimble for thrift or spinsterdom, a button for an enduring bachelor, and an anchor for safe harbor. We intend our own traditional Christmas pudding charms to bring only good tidings and perhaps even the imminent nuptials of the recipient of the wedding bell, but we recommend that they are not concealed by the cook, as is customary, to avoid the risk of any dental or intestinal misfortune. Amen. Let us end on that cautionary note. Also, the shift to just coins in the pudding and charms that only bring good tidings, that's Maybe less of a conversation starter, but it isn't terrible, I think. Everyone gets a chance at luck or a windfall of cash, and vicious relatives won't spend half the new year calling you donkey, right? We live in hope. Merry Christmas, good fortune be yours, and happy December, whatever you celebrate. Thank you for joining me for this one solitary Christmas episode. So many last year. Go back and visit that wassail extravaganza if you dare, when I was an artist and a poet and a songwriter all day long. Things are different now. Job, baking, sewing little dollies for presents. I am wiped out, but cheerily so. Wassail kids, see you next time. Trying to remember the intro. Oh, pudding charms, what do you see? What kind of spinster will I be? Must I, must I? Encyclopedia Neurotica, it's my ruin.